Mark your calendars for WSFI's second annual Fulton J. Sheen Award. Please join us at our fundraiser on Saturday, April 30 at the Lincolnshire Marriott Resort. Champagne and hors d'oeuvre reception is at 4.30 p.m. with dinner and program at 5.30 p.m. Our keynote speaker and award recipient is His Eminence Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, renowned worldwide as a faithful and stalwart defender of the faith. To sponsor this event or to obtain tickets, go to wsfiradio.org or call Angela at 224-206-8455. That's wsfiradio.org or Angela at 224-206-8455. This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm Angela Tomlinson from WSFI Catholic Radio, broadcasting now on 750 AM and 88.5 FM. Our guest today is David Carollo. David is the Executive Director of the World Apostolate of Fatima, USA, which is also known as Our Lady's Blue Army. He has held that office since 2012. He served as a member of the World Apostle of Fatima USA Board of Trustees from 2005 and president of the Apostolate for five years. He is also a member of the Board of Trustees of the World Apostolate of Fatima International. In addition to managing the Apostolate in the United States and the Blue Army Shrine in New Jersey, he oversees the Apostolate's operations in Portugal where the organization operates Domus Pachas Hotel and Retreat Center in Fatima. He's a lay Carmelite, a fourth degree Knight of Columbus, and a Knight of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre. David is a regular guest on our network, EWTN Television Network, as well as the radio network, and he appears on such shows as Sunday Night Prime, The Universal Church, At Home with Jim and Joy, and Vaticano from Rome. He was also featured in the network's Fatima Centennial Specials, as well as in productions of The Apostolate, which have been widely viewed on various television stations and on social media. He's heard on the Winds of Change right here on 7.50 at noon in Chicago, where he often serves as guest host. In addition, he's featured on many other Catholic radio stations. David was awarded the 2018 Cardinal John P. Foley Award by the Catholic Press Association for demonstrating excellence and innovation in Catholic storytelling. He and his wife, Dorothy, are from Chicago, and they reside in New Jersey. So welcome to the show, David. Oh, thanks, Angela. Great to be with you. And that's quite a bio. And I also hear in the studio we have Bonnie Quirk, a regular contributor of WSFI Catholic sure. Radio. And she is yeah. one of the founders and is heading up Lake County Right to Life. So welcome, Bonnie. Well, thank you, Angela. And it's great to uh, meet David over the airways. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Bonnie. And, and we'll be seeing David here in Chicago, God willing, on April 30th for that Cardinal Burke event. Yes, looking forward to it. We're well, looking forward yeah. to it. We love the Blue Army. We love everything that you yeah, do and everything uh, that you stand you. for. And it's always great to be with His Eminence. I mean, he will be here, actually, at the Shrine on uh, June 13th as a main celebrant for our Fatima uh, celebrations on the 13th of June. He's been coming every year, so we're so happy, especially after his health issues. Yes, so, right. So was he there last year during COVID, or did he have to take a year off? 
No, actually, he was here on July 13th of last year. Wow. Uh, and he, and then he got sick right after that. He was here. Uh, he was here for our event for dinner. I actually drove him into New York that night where he stayed and and uh, had a nice uh, visit with him. And then he uh, and then it was about two weeks later where he took sick, took very ill. And uh, as we all know the story, and uh, we were, oh, my goodness. And ironically, we had him scheduled for August 13th which he would not have been able to make, but he, he has some schedule conflicts. So we said, how's June or July 13th? So for sure, we'd love to have you. And of course, and he wouldn't have been here on August 13th. So we were very happy to have him. And, yeah. uh, and it was his homily that day, which was, which of course we broadcast everything. Uh, it goes, uh, EW10 actually covered that day here. And, uh, and we, um, uh, we broadcast and his, his homily went viral. It's all over the internet, it's still out there coming to our, our website. So, uh, what's that, so, what's yeah, that location, great. David, what location can people go to, to hear that homily? Uh, if you come to, if you come to bluearmy.com, uh, I would have to get the actual link, but if you come to bluearmy.com, it'll be on there. There's a link to it. Um, and that was in under July 13th, um, uh, Fatima, we we have we have the events on the 13th of May, June, July, August, September, and October, uh, which are the the anniversaries of the Fatima apparitions. And so we have a, we have a vendors, almost certainly a typically a bishop and and a, and a speaker, and um, and uh, then we start with you know, confessions and the, and a speaker, then the mass, and then the procession with the Eucharistic procession and oh. then the procession with Our Lady. So it's it's a beautiful day. Uh, and anybody's in this area in Western New Jersey, I would you know, I would ask them to come. And if not, it's it's they're all available to watch on our website, bluearmy.com. You can find a link to everything. And I know that there'll be several of those that will be broadcast this year on, on EWTN also. Mm-hmm. But we just haven't committed the dates yet. You know, it's almost worthy yeah. of a pilgrimage site. You know, if people we have family in, yes. for example, sometimes we run this on WQPH, which is an EWTN affiliate in Massachusetts. But you know, that's a mm-hmm. bus trip away. So it is really a, yeah I mean I often have driven between Chicago and New Jersey I get I get airplane fatigue after a while with all your <laughs> traveling in the past and so it, it's nice to drive home to Chicago instead of you know instead of flying sometimes it, it's a, it's it's beautiful but many people come from from all over for our events from New York Connecticut all of New Jersey Pennsylvania and farther I mean it it depends if they certainly want to be part of a big event we we certainly welcome them to come Great. And so before we get into the heart of the matter, we're here to talk about whether Russia was really consecrated to Our Lady. But before we get into the heart of that, David, tell for those, for the people who are listening to the show and aren't familiar with either the World Apostolate of Fatima or the Blue Army, tell us a little bit about the organization. Well, very, very interesting. We're celebrating our 75th anniversary this year, and it was it was in 1947. It was 30 years after the apparitions of Our Lady that the um, uh, that our founders founded Monsignor Hale Colgan and John Hafford. Uh, Monsignor Colgan, from his parish here in New Jersey, called for a blue army of prayer to counter the red army of atheistic communism because our lady had spoken in fatima about russia and the errors of russia and that russia's errors would spread if we did not follow her direction well 30 years later guess what you know she had talked about you know the world war one which is going on would end we said but a greater war would happen if people did not follow you know russia would spread her errors now you're at 1947 it's the beginning of the cold war Mm-hmm. Our Lady had also said, "What that nations will be annihilated." Boy, that that that, and people didn't quite understand that. But in 1945, the advent of the atomic bomb brought that into people's mindset. 
So here we are, 1947. Monsignor Colgan, who had a devotion to Fatima, suffered a severe heart attack. He was in the hospital, very, very sick. He was dying. And he made a promise to Our Lady, if you spare my life, I will spend the rest of my days promoting the message of Fatima. And it was, it was a miraculous healing, quite frankly. And he came out of the hospital, and he fulfilled his promise, and then he connected with Mr. John Hafford, who was a Carmelite, had been a Carmelite seminarian, and uh, then later left, got married, and he, was, um, he published a magazine with the Carmelites. And the two of them together, and he was an author, he had written books, and so they together formed this, this apostolate, the Blue Army of Our Lady of Fatima, which you know has now become the World Apostolate of Fatima. But it's it, same organization, and here we are 75 years later, and we're still looking at so many of the things that were plaguing us in 1947. But I will say that many, many things, I think, were avoided because of the prayers of many, many people from this organization and others who devoted their lives to fulfilling the Fatima message. So we are, you know, we, we're, but we haven't quite gotten there. Let's be realistic. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, that's why we still see problems in the world, because, um, you know, look at look at look at our country. Look at the world. Look at the West in general, and not just the West. But look at the evil that permeates our societies right now. Look at the things we've accepted as normal. That are you know, that I mean, I mean, the primary one is abortion. Let's be realistic. For 50 years, we've been killing off our offspring here. Um, you know, and when Our Lady said nations could be annihilated. Well, everybody thinks nuclear war and dear God, it could happen. And even with these things happening now, it's it's even it's scarier than ever. But um, is it possible when she meant that we would be annihilated by our own actions, contraception and abortion? Think about it. You know, look at the birth rates in the West. They're 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 just just horribly low. You know, Bonnie, you can speak to that very well. I mean, that uh, this is uh, this is the plague of 21st century man. And was know, that sadly. was that a Russian error when they said Russia will spread errors? Was abortion an error well, from that Russia? Wasn't said wasn't said specifically, but what was the first country to legalize abortion? In 1920, the Bolshevik government in Russia legalized abortion. Really? <laughs> really? I didn't yeah. know that. So, so, you know, and then, you know, and then it's interesting, and here we are today, last year they were, quote, celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party in China, right? Well, you know, they think that, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a pro-life expert, although I'm a pro-life person involved to some degree, but what are the actual numbers of abortions in China that have happened? We don't even know. I mean, some some say it could be as many as half a billion. Who, who knows? I mean, because this this just you know required abortion, especially you know if somebody's carrying a uh, you know they get pregnant after their one child thing. I mean that they, they now they've let up in that one child policy because they realize that their own annihilation is at hand because of it. Mm. And it scared them, and that's now they pull back on that. I don't know how you know. It's not like they're promoting 10 children, you know, but they are promoting, you know, there are, they've taken away the, that, that one child thing. So I, I think that, you know, this is the plague of us today, of our world. We have, we have, you know, we, we've diminished ourselves. We've taken away, I mean, we, how, how much of our future has been killed through that? Oh my God, you know, it's horrible. And, and I mean, when you think of the foundings of like, you know, Planned Parenthood and that, you look at Look at really, I mean, how they wanted to get rid of the, you know, the, the minority population. Well, guess what? It's happening. Look at look at the the the, the, the inordinate number of, of abortions that happen in the minority community, and I and it's it's and it's marketing and salesmanship that's causing it, you know. And um, so it's it's just a very sad thing. But you know, I the, you know, the message of Fatima tells us to follow what 
the Gospels. And if we return to that, these evils will disappear. I, I, I just no doubt about it. And that's what our apostle is made up for, for an army of prayer. You know, we're not, we don't, we know, we have uh, uh, two people. Our, our founders spoke with two people. John Hafford actually met with two people that he had to speak to when he started this apostolate. One was Sister Lucia, who was a surviving seer of Fatima, and this is in 1947, and with Padre Pio. Oh. In both cases, and, and yes, and Padre Pio said that he would be the spiritual father of our organization, mm. primarily because as long as people adhere to the, to the devotion, especially to the rosary. Sister Lucia helped with, with John Hafford put together this pledge, the pledge to, uh, which, which is our pledge, it's all on our website at bluearmy.com. This is a pledge to, to live in accord your state of light, for, for your life, uh, pray five decades of the rosary daily, be devoted to this brown scapular, work to the, to the fulfillment of the first Saturday's devotion. These are the things that we asked, that were asked for that. And it, it, when he spoke with her, when he sat with her and they developed this pledge that was brought back, which we believe as many as 20 million people worldwide have signed in 75 years. Wow. He said, he said to her, what is it that Our Lady wants the most? Does she want the rosary, right? And Sister Lucia sort of smiled and said to him, she wants us to become holy. You know, and that's what this is all about. This is about amendment of life, you know, and accepting what comes at you, like like the two like the Fatima children, the two young ones, of course, who died uh, very young in the Spanish flu, which when you think of a pandemic today, well, we you know, let's look what happened a hundred years ago, and um, they 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 really, I mean, what what they offered up and what they merited for souls in in their short two or three years of life after the apparitions is phenomenal. And because it's charity, will you live lives of charity? Are you willing to offer your lives in prayer and reparation for the salvation of souls? And she promoted that, especially after she showed them the vision of hell in, in the July apparition. And she said, you've seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go, she said. You know, will you offer your lives in prayer and reparation? They're there in many cases because there's no one to pray and re make reparation for them. Are you willing to do that for people and help people be saved? And they said, absolutely, yes. You know, children don't hesitate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. They say, yes. You know, we think things out. We're so calculating and educated, today, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, there's a simple, yes, we'll do it. Just like Our Lady, you know, you know, you know, when the angel came to her, she says, Behold, you, know, you know, be it done to me according to your word. Wow. You know, and quickly, how old was she? Who knows? I mean, exactly, was 14, 15 years old at that time. This is the simplicity God wants. That's why he says, come to me as a little child. You know. Then you look at Sister Lucia, who lived 88 years after the apparitions, and, but she kept her childlike spirituality in that time. And that, I think, is really what, what the key to it is. Oh. Bonnie? Well, yeah. I think God loves innocence, you know, uh, the sure. innocence yeah. of children, the innocence of the unborn, uh, the the innocence and and what has happened i think in our in our culture is innocence has been stolen and yes. uh, it start it's stolen now at younger and younger and younger ages you know um yes. yeah i and, and yeah. i think my that might relate to that entire message where she talks about nations being annihilated 
Uh, it, yeah. We're annihilating the innocence of our youth. And exactly. uh, our culture yeah. is, uh, is turning a blind eye to that with a lot of, you know, that, that is why the message of Fatima is so important. The rosary mm-hmm. is so important to counter yeah. all of the loss of innocence. Uh, and and yeah. we could yeah. extend that to adults, too. Adults, in sure. many ways, are innocent, and we're stealing the innocence from the culture is what we're yes. doing. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. not only stealing it, we're... we're inundating it with evil okay i mean you know we i mean obviously it's the internet that allows us to reach the world as an apostolate as people but it's also the internet that, that reaches people and i think for every good thing there is there's probably 10 bad things out there that are bringing pornography bringing and just just bringing i i how can i put it, it it's reflecting a different culture it's our culture has changed you know, remember the church is is charged with forming the culture now the f- culture seems to be forming the church in many cases. Mm-hmm. It's, it, this is such a powerful thing that's out there with the communications we have today. Um, I mean, just, just just cell phone communications, internet, computer. I mean, I, I have my laptop computer. That's my office. So if I'm here working in my office or if I'm at home working or if I'm traveling somewhere, it's my office no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and that's the, uh, that's, it, it's beautiful and the technology is a great tool and, and, you know, and technology is morally neutral, so we can't blame technology, but it's how it's used, you know. And I think that's what you're seeing, and, and you're absolutely right by me saying, you know, innocence is being stolen every time you turn around. I mean, just for example, I had to change the browser on my, on my computer, my Internet, because it would come up with, with one of these MSN or whatever they are, you know, that comes with the, with the, the, the programming. And I would literally go on sometimes with the intention of looking for something and something would catch my attention. And, you know, I would forget what I was even looking for. <laughs> see, how it, see how it steals your attention and, and stuff that was, you know, sometimes it's valuable news stuff you see, but other times it's just, it's just tap. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. We're so inundated with so much stuff nowadays. There's no room for God because mm-hmm. we're looking at everything else. We have a world that is just, just so overwhelming um, and even good things can take you away from God. You know, too much of a good thing, I say, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, especially in that kind of a thing. So it is, it, it, it's a fight we have. We have, we have to, we have to win this culture back. Um, uh, you know, how do we do it? Well, we do it by first becoming holy. I mean, that's really what it takes. If we do our best to work towards holiness, then we can help others. You know, what is that? What do they say? You, you know, you cannot give what you do not have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, David, uh, a million-dollar question. We've, we have like a little chat group of people from WSFI Catholic Radio, and it's been going back and forth about the consecration of Russia and whether, um, especially with what's going on in the Ukraine, whether uh, Pope John Paul really made it properly. What, what would you say yeah. to that? Well, here's what I would say, okay, because, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't, um, conv- you can't convince people of something they believe in strongly. Uh, I've been looking at it for, for years in this job and, and I speaking even prior to that. Um, there are many groups and many people, many wonderfully good Catholics will say, no, the consecration wasn't made. He didn't, you know, he didn't use the right formula. He didn't. Well, okay. There's a lot of he didn't in that. But here's the reality. In 1984, he made the consecration. Now, now, keep in mind, that was 55 years after it was requested. Wow. Right? 
Well, guess what? In those 55 years, Russia spread her errors substantially. Okay, I mean, I mean, to 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 degrees that you know, when when you're asked to do something, you know, you don't wait 55 years to do it. Now, now, do I blame the Holy Fathers? Well, I guess there's some culpability there, certainly, but but perhaps we didn't merit the grace for them to do it. Okay, perhaps a disruption that you know they are not responding. World War II was caused. Pius XII attempted a consecration in 1942. Mm-hmm. But, but he couldn't bring the bishops together, you know, the communications or the war. The world was in the middle of a world war. So it was, Sister Lucia later said that the consecration made by Pius XII in 1942 was not accepted as the consecration. But, she said, it had value and it shortened World War II. That was, those are the words of Sister Lucia. Now, move ahead, you know, to the, to the, the later years, uh, you know, Pius XII, you know, moves on, he dies, John Twenty-Third comes in, Paul the Sixth. John Paul the First, of course, with, with his 30-day pontificate. Okay, now it comes to, to John Paul the Second. Now, you know, he's very focused, of course, now on, on the politics of the world, where he comes from, what his mission was, and his mission was noble, to, to help bring down communism. And, um, but it's interesting, it really wasn't until after the assassination attempt on him, <clears throat> they say, that he actually, as he was laying in the hospital bed, when he requested that the, that the the third part of the Fatima secret be brought to him, okay, which is very interesting because, as you recall, Sister Lucia had you know the first part of the secret was the vision of hell, the second part of the secret was the was the revelation of World War II happening in the pontificate, the next pontificate, in Pius XI that was, and then the third part, <clears throat> she wrote down the secret. And it was sealed in an envelope. This was at the direction of the bishop, and it was given to the Vatican with the directions that it would not be open until at least 1960. Now, people say it said it had to be open in 1960. And I believe she said no earlier than 1960. John Paul I, or excuse me, Pope Pope John XXIII read it, closed it. They said he wept when he read it, (laughs) quite frankly. That's the rumor. Then, then he, you know, uh, Paul the Sixth. There's no, there's no question. I don't know if, if he did or not, but when Pope John Paul the Second read it, he he realized a lot after the assassination attempt, and he had been working very strongly to bring down the 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 communists in Eastern Europe. He comes from Poland. Let's be realistic. He knew. He lived under it. He fought them for many years, and and he and my own wife came from Poland. So you know, I know when she was a young girl when they came. But, you know, my in-laws have filled my ears for many years about their, their you know, experiences in, in communist Poland. And this was an evil system, okay? You know, and then, so, so here comes 1984. He makes the consecration. He attempted to make it earlier, but wasn't able to. He made it in 1984. Now, many say he didn't mention Russia by name. Well, okay. But uh, Father Andrew Apostoli, in his book, Fatima for Today, got really, really calls that out and he says by 1984 it was more than russia that needed to be consecrated and he didn't mention all those nations so whether that that's what people use to say it was not done properly well you have to look at what happened in the next five or six years after it i mean specific i mean the the soviet union fell without firing a shot mm-hmm. did anybody ever think that was possible it wasn't now Again, that doesn't mean that the world was going to be perfect from then on, because the damage was done. You know, if you take a baseball bat and you hit my car every day, 
for one or two days, I'm going to have a couple dents in there, right? Now, if you take that bat and you keep hitting it every day for 55 years, what's that car going to look like? Okay. And this is the analogy I try to draw that, that you know, we, we, we waited way too long. And if the Holy Fathers didn't do it, perhaps there wasn't enough grace for them to do it, which falls back on us. Did we follow the Fatima message properly? Did we merit the grace that was needed for this act to be done? So the, the answer to the question is, was it done? Yes, I absolutely believe it was done. But again, you know, it was done late. And, and, and Sister Lucia had said, it will be done, but it'll be too late. Okay. Now, by too late, that's that's the one part that gets interpreted in many ways. Now, by too late, would it have no effect, or too late that it would just not be as effective? I take the latter position, that it was effective, certainly brought down a government. I mean, I mean, I've been many times to Poland. I've been to the Czech Republic to speak. I mean, these places were all communist, and they're not communist at this point. I mean, they're certainly they, they've suffered many years of oppression, but the church is, you know, is functioning there. And in Russia, I've been to Russia to speak, you know, and, and believe me, there is there's strong faith in Russia. You know, not, you know there, there's some wonderful Catholics in that country. There truly are. And so, you know, I mean, these things didn't happen. We, I was in, in 2007, I was there for, as invited by Archbishop Kondrashevitz, who was the, um, was the, the Archbishop of Russia, of Moscow, excuse me. Uh, and he held a 90th anniversary celebration of the Fatima message. He was very devoted to Fatima. He saw the hand of Our Lady in the, in the you know, in, in uh, the uh, liberation of Russia. And, um, and, you know, here we were in the church, in the hall with our talks, and then having Eucharistic procession outside. Now, think about that. Here we are in Moscow with the Eucharistic procession on the, on the courtyard in the street. Okay. You know? Wow. <laughs> So, believe me, you know, things have changed. But there are evil people in the world, okay? And and the big part about it is this, you know, have we stopped our sinful ways? So is it possible, you know, that yes, maybe this happened, but now we've, you know, now it reverts because we have not stayed faithful. You know, look at the trash that comes out of our culture. It's sad, out of the West in general. But our country, look at Hollywood. Look at the things that, I mean, I, I'm, ugh, I, 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 you cringe when you think. Is there, is there a movie out there that you're comfortable having a child or grandchild watch without screening it first? Even, even G movies are, are, are suggestive right. to a great degree. You know? And that's part of that stealing of innocence that we were just speaking of. Mm-hmm. You know? do, do you think we should yeah. reconsecrate? What, what, where, where would we go from here? Well, I mean, reconsecrate. It's always good to make a consecration. You know, the question is not if it's proper to consecrate. What's prior is it? Is it? To, you know, the question is: Was the consecration done? And I, and I, as I've answered, yes, I believe it was done. Uh, we accept that. Sister Lucia said it was accepted by heaven, so that's good enough for me. You know, now some of the skeptics say they'll get into the conspiracy theories that that wasn't the real Lucia that said it. Well, you know, I, I, those really don't hold a lot of water in, in my opinion. But I will say that that it, it's always good to consecrate and to bless. I mean, you know, do we go to confession once in our lives and then never go again? No, we keep going. I mean, so yeah, would it hurt? No, it would be a great thing for, for the Holy Father or us to consecrate now, too. You know, oh. I, but it, it's, I, you know, I think, I, I really think perhaps one of the things we can do in a world that's torn asunder is bring the message of Fatima to the people because 
there are a lot of people who don't know anything about the message of Fatima or the apparitions yeah. at all. Sure. I mean, right. you've got to admit that the, and again, I'm generalizing, but the average churchgoer has not heard the message of Fatima from the church for a long time unless they they happen to have a, a devotion to Our Lady. Uh, and, right. and I think that perhaps we might clean up our culture a little bit if we were able, and you're, you, you know, the Blue Army, the World Apostolate of Fatima is working overtime in order to bring that message to the forefront. So perhaps our role is to bring that message forward a little bit more than we have, rather than criticize what is going on. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. Because because look, you know, we cannot do anything about the past. We can we can control. It's the future we have control over. And believe me, if enough people put on a sackcloth and ashes, as, as the King of Nineveh called for in his kingdom. You know what? Everything that's going on here would disappear in no time because because this is what God wants us. To, but look at the evil. Look at what we've institutionalized in our country. I mean, in our world, it is it is it is. I mean, I can the fact that the that the hand of God has not destroyed us yet is is it's amazing. A <laughs> but that's part of the third part of the secret. What the was the third part of the secret? Of the secret? Of what was that, David? Well, sure. when you saw when you saw the, the Holy Father ascending the mountain. Towards the crucifix, amid a city, a burned-out city, with the bodies of the people laying everywhere, and as he's going up there, he's slain. Whether he's murdered or just injured, I don't know if that's really determined in the vision. And then there's the angel with the flaming sword, about to bring the flame, the the, the, the sword of punishment down on the earth. And at the last minute, the hand of Our Lady goes out and stops him from doing so. Okay, you know. You know, the intercessory power of Our Lady is, is just, it, it's unimaginable. And this is what that, that's saying, that there is your, there's your answer right there. You know, she is able to, to hold back the wrath of God, but to a point, okay? You know, and I think that now people are, you know, in these last couple of years with the pandemic, with the things going on, with the, you know, may a lot of the government overreach, the, um, you know, the, the now, of course, this war, People are jumping on the prophecy bandwagon, okay? Well, I'm glad in a way that they're realizing the dangers out there, because that's important. <clears throat> but prophecy is only a vision of the direction we're going in. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. And this is, this is what Pope John Paul II talked about when he read the third part of The Secret. And then there was an interview he did with a magazine in Germany, and they asked him about the third part. He said the reasons why his predecessors did not reveal this earlier, okay? And he went on about causing certain panics in that. And then he said, and I'll paraphrase a bit, what if there was something that said that a flood would destroy the world and everybody would die, you know, or millions would die? He said, he said, he said is there really any, and, and that if this is a definite, then what, what is the value in even bringing that out? You know, he said, unless we understand it, we have the power to change everything. And then he pulled out his rosary, and he said, Here's, here is what it is. It says, put everything in the hands of the Mother of God. That was right from St. Pope John Paul II. Because prayer moves mountains. You know, David, I agree, with mountains. It, I agree with that. But you know what? I don't buy that. Because if that no. were the case, he's saying that he knows more than Our Lady knew when she gave the secret to Lucia. 
I mean, he gave it to her well, for no. a reason, and he said to open it up after, she said open up after 1960. So if that were the case, doesn't heaven know what they're doing? Go ahead, Dave. What he's saying is what's shown to us is the path we're on, but we can chop it. We can change it by prayer is what he's saying. You know, yeah, I get that. that. that just because there, yeah, just because there is a prophecy that says this is where we're going, you know, and even and even punishments could be mitigated. Yeah, you know, they can be they can be lightened up. Sufficient prayer. I get what he's saying. I just just personally, yeah. I, I don't get yeah. if heaven does something like that, and you believe Fatima, which he did, and Our Lady gave it yeah. to us. Yeah. I don't get him yeah. not following through with it because he doesn't think that people would take yeah. it properly. Maybe they would, and maybe they would amend their lives, and that's perhaps why heaven decided to, say, after 1960, open this up. I mean, maybe if we had all seen yeah. that. It's just odd. Well, it's hard to say. You know, there is a, I mean, there, there's the sensationalism is what he's talking about. Yes. That some people are just looking mm-hmm. for the sensational aspects of everything. And it, it's the mundane that wins the day. It's the, it's this, 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 you know, being, being, uh, how can I put it, to, 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 to be a, um, to stay the course, you know, to start, you know, pick up your, your prayer life, but continue your prayer life. You know, not just, it's not just, you know, stay in active contrition five minutes before you die. That's not really what, <laughs> that's not the formula <laughs> to for be salvation. faithful, faithful. God, faithful God rewards yes. faithfulness, you know, longevity right, right. in his eyes. His time is not our time. But what he does right. call us to do is to be faithful. You were talking a little bit about what faithful Catholics can do during these times to kind of bring order back in the world, and you were saying to become holy. Do you want to go through those five pledges that... Uh, well, you know, like, for example, the first the first Saturday's devotion is really where it lies. So that's the unfulfilled part of the Fatima request. You know, and one of the five, you know, of course, tomorrow, you know, it was for Saturday here. And, you know, the um, uh, we taught first Saturday... You do, you know, you go to confession and receive mm-hmm. Holy Communion, recite the rosary five decades, and then this, I love this part, and then keep Our Lady company for 15 minutes while meditating on the other mysteries of the rosary, on all the mysteries of the rosary, I guess. And that, to me, is everything, because he doesn't say just pray those, those, those mysteries, think about, no, keep me company. That's what she's asking, you know. And then, and then, you know, with the intention of making reparation to her immaculate heart. You know, she said, and I promise to assist men at the hour of their death with all the graces necessary for salvation. Now, that, that, that is the promise directly from Our Lady given to Sister Lucia in uh, 1925 in Ponte Vedra, Spain, in the convent. You know, and why are there five first Saturdays? And it gets to what we're making the reparation for. The five first Saturdays, the five blasphemies against Our Lady, mm-hmm. against her Immaculate Conception. Walk us through those, yeah, Immaculate her, Conception. Her Immaculate Conception her virginity, her divine maternity, and the blasphemies, and this touched on what Bonnie was saying, the blasphemies of those who publicly seek to show in their, so excuse me, in their hearts, uh, of children, indifference or scorn or even hatred of the Immaculate Mother. Mm. And that's what you're talking about, how the culture, you know, just, just feeds people stuff. And the last one is the offenses of those who outrage her directly in her holy images. And now look at something that goes on, you know, and just show the tie between Our Lady and Our Lord. These these black masses, and they're going on occasionally. There was one in Oklahoma, and there was a, uh, the, what did they do? The first thing they started with is they desecrated a the host, a consecrated host. 
and then they desecrated a statue of a blessed mother. Isn't that interesting how, how the two are together? You know, you, you offend the son, you offend the mother. And that's really what it is. So our pledge asks you to, you know, pray the rosary each day, five decades. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a pledge you make, not under the pain of sin, but it's a pledge you make. It is, it is to be devoted to the brown scapular, you know, and the promises attached to that. And then, of course, work towards this, this um, and live chastity and your life in accord with your state in life. That's what's really important, to live according to your state in life. If you're a religious, if you're a consecrated person, if you're a priest, you know, if you are a married person, a single person, we all have to live in accord with the Gospels. And it's asking us to more firmly make that commitment and do it. So those, that's what our pledge, and that pledge is available online, bluearmy.com. Please, you know, if people want to sign it. It's been being signed for 75 years, and, and the, the more people that, that, um, uh, that do so, uh, the more you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of things change in the world. I think you've already seen it happen a lot, to a great degree. You know, and imagine the impact the on their families if if every mom went on to bluearmy.com yes. and signed. You know, there's that ripple effect of what Absolutely. what happens to her, then to her children, to her husband, to the people they exactly. marry, the grandchildren. It's, you could change the world just with yeah. that. Are there things right now that the world, Basilica Fatima, are doing specifically to respond to the world situation? Well, we are. I mean, we are. We're, we're, this in, in the 75th anniversary, there are there are two things that we are, are well, primarily we're promoting you know, Eucharistic adoration. Remember, the Fatima apparitions did not start in 1917 with, with those to Our Lady. They started the year before when the Angel of Peace appeared to the three children, and he brought them the prayers of adoration, you know, and and, and the prayers of, of pardon, part the pardon prayer, you know. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. And I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love me. Those, that, that's the, the I, I always call that the mission statement of our apostolate, mm. is to pray, that, to, to work, not only, you know, to adore God, and then to bring other people to it. Because you have a situation, even in our own church, where it's believed that maybe 70% of nominal Catholics don't even believe in the real presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, oh my goodness. I mean, that's, that's, that's a requirement to be a Catholic, isn't it? <laughs> it's a, a belief that, we, that it's not optional here. You don't have to believe in private revelation. You don't have to believe in Our Lady of Fatima or Lourdes or any of these things. But you are obliged to believe in the real presence. That is what separated how many people, when he brought that out, when he presented that, he lost many of his followers that day because they couldn't accept that, that, that belief that, that he would be present you know, in the Blessed Sacrament. And now if 70% of our own people, no wonder our church is collapsing the way it is. Mm-hmm. If 70% of our people don't even believe in, in the, the essence of it. I hope our bishops so and priests believe in it, David. Well, I believe there are some who don't. I'll be very honest with you. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but there are some that don't. I, I will tell you that. There's no doubt about it. And I think that um, uh, most do, of course, and, 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 you know, and I mean, the laity and, and the clergy work together, go, to, go together, you know, and people like to comment about bad clergy, bad priests, bad bishops, and that. Well, I'll just say this, you know, uh, one, they come from our ranks. So if there's a bad <laughs> priest or bishop, it's because they came from, from this bad society, for one. True. And the, the curie of ours put it better than anybody when he said that there's no such thing as a bad priest just one that has not been prayed for enough. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what our job is as, as faithful Catholics, is to pray for priests 
so they can be holy. So, you know, look at the temptations that we are all under in the lay, as laity. Imagine how much more difficult it is for, for priests, you know, to primarily. I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult world out there. This isn't the priesthood of 50 years ago or 75 years ago when you became a priest and you were elevated in society. And no, no, no. When you become a priest today, you're, you're looking at persecution because it is the priesthood is not looked at with great respect in the society anymore. And, you know, and, and we know of some of the issues that have caused that, and, and I'm not denying any of that. What I'm saying is that we have to really support our priests, and primarily with prayer. That's the great hope, because I think maybe the priests that are really coming through the seminary and becoming priests today, they're not there for a status thing. I mean, they they actually are signing up for a different social acceptance than the priests 50 years ago. So they may be the actual group that regenerate the church, because they they could do other things. They could go anywhere. But they're choosing the. They know they have to be. They have to be missionaries, even if they're missionaries in their own their own town. They're going to be missionaries today. It's not you're not you know necessarily going to be a, a big accepted member of society. No, you're going to be a missionary. You're bringing you're bringing a message that's you know against what this this society stands for now. We have two types of martyrdom in our world: white and red, and the yes. seeds of the martyrs are the mark of the church. So. We certainly are at that time, and I think, uh, uh, you know, Eucharistic adoration for priests is is so important. The rosary, all of those things, David, you have said, but, uh, you know, it's up to us to bring that to uh, fruition so that we don't annihilate the world. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, the, you know the, as you said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the faith. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Now, keep in mind, there have been more people martyred for the faith in the last 100 or so years than in the previous 1,900 years of Christianity combined. Wow. Think of those numbers, okay? Well, if the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the faith, I am telling you, I am a firm believer that we are on the threshold of an explosion of grace, which is going to be like something that hasn't been seen perhaps since the third century, fourth century, when Christianity was was legalized finally. Because you're seeing evil really have its day right now, okay? And, you know, it's like, you know, it's always darkest right before the dawn. The devil knows that his time is short. It truly is. And because of that, we're getting hit with everything. Now, is it going to be easy? No. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be called to that red martyrdom and many more to that white martyrdom that you're, that you're speaking of. But, you know, you, 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 you know, you have to do it with a sense of, of, of joy because, you know, the, 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 the saints, the greatest saints would, would love to have been maybe lived in this time. And St. Louis de Montfort even, even pointed out that in these, in these end times, now, I, you know, and I don't like to say end times, that the world's going to end, but we are looking at, oh, I think, the end of an era here, and that, and that, that these people, that, that Our Lady will, will, it'll be the people that are devoted to the Blessed Mother that are going to carry us through, because she's going to lead this army, whether it be our Blue Army or the Army of the Church, and there are many other good organizations, so I'm not I'm not saying that we're the only kid in town here, but the fact is, it's it is Our Lady who's going to be bringing a, bringing us you know together. Uh, His Eminence Cardinal Burke, 
uh, said this exactly to me. And he had our home for dinner. We were talking with, with some people. We had a dinner when he was here. And he said, See, our lady's bringing her people together, he pointed out. And you know what? I really agree with that. I think that if she wants us to. But, we're, you know, we have, we have a, a battle to fight. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, uh, you know, we, and, and it, but it's, it's for everything. This, is, this battle is for, <laughs> for our very salvation. It's for the world. It's for the salvation of the world. My God, you know, how could we commit to anything less than giving it our all? We can't. We, we have to fight it with everything we have. And if we have to give up our lives for it, then we should be happy to do so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, David, the time went by so fast. Thank you so much. We hope that you'll be on future shows. You're listening to David sure. Carollo. Thank you. David Carollo, the executive director of the World Apostolate of Fatima. And tell us what the website is again, David. Yeah, bluearmy.com for all our resources. Please come to it. God bless you. God bless you, and we'll see you on April 30th, David. God bless you. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray pray for for us. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.